Money, a podcast network that understands the assignment. The Alive Podcast Network has launched the world's first content distribution app tailored by and for podcasters and listeners of color. Subscribers will enjoy a wide variety of shows ranging from spiritual to comedic to inspirational. Podcasters can house their content and merch in one spot and monetize from a central location. Visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com coming soon to iOS and Android. Sign up today to get a six-month subscription for $20. You can thank me later. Hey, hey, hey. Today, I had the privilege of interviewing the Money Maven, and she talked about her entrepreneurial journey, which started when she was 19, and how she not only had a six-figure side hustle, but she did that while she had a six-figure corporate job, and how she scaled her six-figure side hustle to seven figures, uh, working just a few months out of the year. So if you want a six-figure side hustle that you can easily scale to seven figures working four months out of the year, I suggest you stay tuned for this episode um, and learn this Money Maven sauce. Hello, Miss Money Maven. How are you? Hello, me. Doing well. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for uh, dropping in. Um, I know you have so much knowledge and wisdom on, you know, so many topics around money and finance. So, uh, without any further wait, let's jump in. Um, so, how? How did you get started? What would you say your entrepreneurship uh, origin story is? My entrepreneurship origin story, super interesting. So like when I was a kid, all my friends from like elementary school remember me from just having money all the time. And it was really because my dad owned a laundromat and he used to give me quarters all the time or like I would just take the quarters. You know, you got a bunch of quarters. He never knew they were missing, you know. Um, but my mom and dad were separated. They were, you know, my mom was a single parent. But when I when you know, so my dad would then spoil me with whatever I wanted. Um, and you know, from then I just you know, I always felt like money was just abundant. You know, money was always available to me. I never, you know, I grew up in the projects of Trenton, New Jersey, so it's the hood. And <laughs> I just didn't feel that way growing up. You know, I always felt like money was abundant because every time I looked around, you know, my mom was a my mom was a hustler. My dad was a hustler. He used to sell clothes, T-shirts, all kind of stuff. My mom, funny enough, she actually could have started Build-A-Bear. So she used to sell these little teddy bears in baskets with like little gifts and stuff. So for Mother's Day, Father's Day, all the holidays and stuff, she would make these cute little bears. Um, so entrepreneur the entrepreneurial spirit just came from being around my parents um my first venture into entrepreneurship wasn't too far after that so at church we had did this fundraiser and we were selling katie Diz. you you know what katie Diz are no you from up north you don't know what katie Diz are oh my gosh <laughs> but what is it so katie Diz are like this little they're like chocolates like turtles Little chocolate turtles. We used to sell them for the church, um, the church 
you know, uh, fundraiser or whatever. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I made all this money selling these candy for this church. I wonder if I can do this for myself. So I was probably in like the third grade and I called the number on the back of the candy because it said, if you want to sell or fundraise with us, call this number. I was eight years old, mind you, living in the projects of West Trenton. And I called and the lady was like, well, how old are you? And I lied. And then she was like, well, where's your mom? And I said, well, she's just around the corner. My mom was really at work, right? Like I said, she was a single parent. You know, she had four kids at the time. So she was working a lot. And do you know this woman sent the police to my house? Sent the police to my house. So the police came knocking on my door. And I was just like, okay, I'm, I need to pause a little bit. Mind you, this is just the third grade. Um, but you know, went the regular route of school. Um, I have young, like I said, I have young parents. I'm the oldest of eight siblings, and went the regular route of going to college. You know, always been told by my parents. First of all, they were 16 when they had me, so they just wanted me to go graduate high school, go to college, and get a job. So that's what I did. I, I went to um, went to Rutgers, but when I was 19, I actually started working at Merrill Lynch. That was my first like real job. I worked at the bank before that. Then I start working at Merrill Lynch in investment consulting. And that's really where my professional career even started. So I'm 19, making 20 something dollars an hour. And, you know, it was it was great to start off with. But of course, like two years in, I'm looking around at my coworkers like, well, what are you know, what where, where do I see myself in them? You know, they're married with kids and we work in the same job. And I'm just like, I can't imagine how I could do this forever, like how I could like pay bills with this. At the time I was living with my mom and my, my manager at that time, you know, left a lasting statement on me. He said, never live paycheck to paycheck. And I promised him that I wouldn't. So, you know, he I was working in investment consulting, he's a white guy. And, you know, he was just so he just loved me because I was a young black kid named Shaniqua, worked super hard, super smart. You know, so he just took a liking to me and, you know, tried to help me out on my journey. And so that's where really where when I started investing was when I was 19. So I started investing in the stock market. But because, you know, we're just top performers typically in any environment, um, my job was super easy. So I was always looking for a side hustle. Like even though I was making good money as a 19, 20 year old, I, I was like, OK, well, what can I do? You know, part time. I was also in college. Um, I was also raising my cousin. I had custody of my two year old cousin at the time. So, you know, I needed to do something that wasn't too labor intensive where I could be home and at work or at school and still get it done. And I decided to start a tax business. Um, I chose taxes because it was it was financial. Right. I, I knew that I liked finance um, and because. When I went to do my taxes, my first year I went to do my taxes, I went just right across the street. I had my own apartment at the time to H&R Block just because I didn't, you know, what else was I going to do? They're like, we didn't have a format of how you go and do taxes. I didn't have an accountant to go and work with. I didn't have a friend to call. So across the street from my apartment, I walked across and went to H&R Block. And I was just a student. I had, you know, my little job at Merrill. But they charged me like six, $700 to do my taxes. And I'm like. Hmm. <laughs> All these people in here paying six, seven hundred dollars. Right. You know, I'm like, why am I paying thirty thousand dollars to go to college and paying these people six, seven hundred dollars to do my taxes? So that literally was the light bulb for me. So I started my tax business, and you know what? 
what people don't know is that it's super easy to start a tax business. Like I didn't have a degree at the time, probably was under 21. I was definitely under 21 when I started. Um, didn't have a degree, didn't have you know, really anything. Didn't even, you don't even need a business license to start preparing taxes, which is crazy. Yeah, because you, you don't. That you have to be an accountant to start a business. That's what most people think. That's what most people think. People think you have to be an accountant to start a tax business. I tell you, I was literally 19 or 20 years old when I started. So I'm 35. I'm 15 years in where I've been doing taxes, but I, I literally one day just decided to start. And the funny thing is I had talked to my aunt. She was moving back from Houston, moving back to Jersey. And um, she was like, well, I'm going to move back to Jersey. And I, and I want to, she had a tax office back in Houston and I'm going to start a tax office here and you can come, you know, I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'll just come and work with you to learn for my first year. And so she had a store location, helped her out that year. And then, you know, picked, ate the meat and spit out the bones. That's what my grandma called it. Eat the meat, spit out the bones. So I took what I liked from her business model and then, you know, flipped it for me. So from the jump, I was a virtual tax business. It was really mobile. So I would like, I would pull up on people at their house, at their job. You know, we'd meet somewhere maybe, but you know, my first year, I maybe only had like 30 clients, but for me being 19, 20 years old, you can charge $500 or more to do taxes, you know, $500 times 30. How much is that? 15,000? Yeah. So it's a quick, you know, quick extra 15,000 at 19, 20 years old. Um, and that was from January to March. And right. so I'm like, hmm, okay. This is cool. You know what I'm saying? I had, a, had, a, had extra money to blow. I was living life, traveling, spending money, doing all the things that I wanted to do. But um, I'm like, okay, yeah, this is cool. I was still able to go home. And really, I was had a virtual business. So like I didn't I had a laptop and internet. So if I had to, if I pulled up on somebody at a restaurant, I'm pulling my phone out, right? You got your phone, you got your Wi-Fi on your phone. I got my internet and I was literally doing people's taxes on my laptop. And so that's really where I got my start. And, you know, I don't know why in the hell people trusted me at 19 years old. <laughs> but um, that's where I got my start. I literally just started. Like I, I went, I got registered with the IRS, got my P10 and, you know, made my first 15000 and I was hooked. That's really amazing. That's so what, really what the P10, because you said you don't need a degree, but what would someone need to start, you know, now mobile and virtual is all the rage. We all want to work virtually. We all want to be free um, and not tied to a location. So um, that you're, you're definitely shutting things on me because I, if you asked me right now, I would have said you have to be an accountant to do people's taxes. So what do you need? You yeah. So it's, it's really, um, it's really, you know, that that's a huge myth. And a lot of people think that you have to be an accountant, right? I mean, you would just naturally think that of course. Right. And I don't know, I guess I didn't have, you know, for me, you got to tell me no. And even after you tell me no, your boss got to tell me no. You know what I'm saying? I'm just that kind of person. Like, you're not just going to tell me whatever you want to tell me. Somebody else might have to tell me and then the law might have to tell me, you know, or something going to have to physically stop me. <laughs> so I've just always been that kind of, you know, I've been always been bullish like that. 
And um, yeah, no, you literally, uh, at that time, like I said, I didn't even have to have an EIN number if I didn't want to, right? I could have operated, but I knew all about EINs. Um, I had my first business when I was like 17 or 18. I used to throw parties and we were party promoters and, you know, it was a whole lot of ratchet is going on so we got to eat we got our LLC so that we could separate ourselves from any kind of fights or whatever kind of liability came from these parties um so I already knew about that so I did have my EIN established um but you, you go to the IRS and get a p10 back then it might have cost it like 30 bucks some years I've seen it where it was free so like you can literally register for your p10 through the irs.gov and um you know, maybe for free, maybe for anywhere from free to $40 for the year and 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 do taxes. Um, you do need professional tax software and clients. That's really all you need to get, um, you know, to, to, to really start a tax business. Now, of course, like I said, the first year, I think I had 35 clients and every year since then, it's almost double, you know, if, if not double. Um, so the way that I was able to grow my business was really through referrals, you know, Back when I was 19, 20 years old, I don't know when this was, but maybe like 08, something like that. You know, internet marketing just wasn't something that black young people were into, right? right? So these kids these days, they all on the TikTok, they're all on Instagram, and they know how to work this marketing thing, YouTube marketing, all of that. That really wasn't, you know, a big thing when we were younger. So um, my business really just grew by word of mouth. And to be honest, that's really all I wanted. Like, I just really wanted my little business where I could work January to March, April time, do my taxes and travel the world the rest of the year, right? Because remind you, I had school, I had um, home responsibilities and all that. So, you know, it was cool to make an extra $30,000, $50,000 in the first quarter of every year. You know, I had a whole lot of play money to, to, to go around. So, um, you know, it was... It, when I was a solo practitioner, it was great, right? Now, let's just talk about where I was when I was like 10 years in. It was like, okay, I'm 10 years in. I have my degree and I want to advance in my career. And at the time, like I said, when I first started, I was probably only making 20 something dollars um, at Merrill. But, um, you know, I'm like, all right, I got my degree now. When when these six figures coming? <laughs> so, you know, the six figures came through a mixture of my business and job but you know you 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 hear about getting your degrees and you think it's all green after that so i got my degree and i'm thinking like okay well now i'm about to get me a new job as soon as i got my degree girl the the market crash hit right <laughs> um got my degree in 2010 you know it was the worst market worst job market in in, in 100 years so just really had to be patient and had to focus on growing my business um so I did that, you know, word of mouth. And really most of my clients at that time were people that knew, like, and trusted me. So they were either my colleagues, they were people that, um, you know, maybe, I, so I used to model at the time. So people that I modeled with, right? So what I did was I made, I, I figured out a way to make my friends and my, you know, my sphere of influence my customer. And um, because I was a model, you know, I was like, OK, well, let me show you all how, you know, you can get a, a nice tax refund. Right. Like you paying eight thousand dollars a year on your salary. Let me show you how you can get that eight thousand dollars back by writing off these things that we're doing for modeling. And then I have friends that were in the music industry and all these things. So I built my business off of referrals and through educating my peers 
about, you know, what was available to them. So like it was, you know, it was super seamless, easy. <laughs> and um, I loved it because it was part time. Right. That's um, that's really an amazing story. I, I also graduated in 2010 and was forced into entrepreneurship because it's like you're told spend all this money, get a degree, and that's your fast track to the easy life. And then you get the degree and they're like, oh, but not this year. This year we're not hiring. And it's like, well, sorry, not today. <laughs> so we're the kind of a generation that was forced into entrepreneurship. Um, so I think that's very, very interesting how you, one, you had so many things going on all at the same time, um, you know, modeling, working a regular job. Well, it just came, you know, like those things kind of came into place because I got bored, you know, like I said, the tax business was three, four months out of the year. So modeling was like a creative outlet for me. And, you know, I, I just feel like it's just something about overachievers right us high you know we we're high performing we push ourselves to do more so you know i've just always been like that and um yeah i was i was doing a lot <laughs> as we know it's true for my life today as well yeah but where were you really getting i know you said your aunt was kind of your mentor but did you get any other knowledge like how did you know all this stuff how did you know how to get people tax refunds and how were you learning those types of things because a lot of yeah so the crazy thing is you know the crazy thing is i went to my aunt about it and you know she was like yeah come on let's do it but her market were just W-2 families, right? The people that are walking by on the street, right? People like me when I was a student and I just had my W-2, that was just her natural market. Um, I just found and fell into my market because that's what I was pursuing. So, you know, I was pursuing um, a model, right? I, I became a fashion designer. So I went into this art space and just found, uh, you know, it, it was just a natural market for me almost. Um, so I think a lot of times, you know, especially nowadays, we have so much access to everybody that we forget to niche down and to pick a market. You know what I'm saying? They say that the the, the riches are in the niches because it's so easy to attract the right customer when you're speaking their language. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm talking to models and I'm like, did you know that you can deduct travel? You can deduct hair. You can deduct supplies. You can deduct your weight loss stuff. Like, you know, so I'm speaking their language because I live their life. Right. Um, and I think that entrepreneurs today get really confused with their marketing and their message, myself included, because my mind be all over the place. <laughs> but when you're speaking to a broad, a broad audience, you're speaking to no one, right? Yeah. So sometimes you got to niche down and that was just a natural, natural way of ascension for my business where I started with the artists and the entertainment industry. Um, so I was just speaking directly to them. And then once you do good business to, you know, one person, they send you to three other people and that's just kind of how it multiplied. But yeah, no, at that time there weren't mentors. Right. I didn't have mentors. I didn't have any mentor in this business for a long time. Um, actually, you know, I don't even know when I got my first mentor in the tax space, but I didn't even know that was a thing until like the last five years. Right. We're in 2022. So um, I used to always go to um, 
like trade shows and, you know, conferences and stuff like that. But I didn't know that there were any specific for my industry, to be honest. I just didn't know. I was just young. But I used to just go to financial conferences because I always knew I wanted to do more in finance. And um, eventually I did meet a mentor in that space. So my first mentor, like I said, I probably worked with about five years ago. And that's when I paid my first four figure, uh, five figures. So his mentorship was about $40,000 for the year. Right. But the program was called seven figure firm. So he helps you turn your tax business into a seven figure firm. And I'll be honest, you know, when I first started, like I said, it was just me. I did all the taxes. I took all the phone calls. I did the marketing really ain't have to do a whole lot of marketing. I figured out how to make my customers refer me more people. But um, I did the operations. I did everything. Right. But I got to a point where is like, how do you grow? Right. I'm either going to have, I'm either going to have to have more clients or I'm going to have to increase my fees. So first, first off, you know, initially it was like, okay, let's get more clients, more clients, more clients. And then I got to the point where I was making six figures in my career, making six figures on my, um, on my, with my side tax business, but I was super burnt out like super burnt out. I really started to like despise the business. I didn't want to talk to people that used to be my friends or colleagues. Now their clients calling me about their tax refunds. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I hate this, right? So I got to that point, but then I found my mentor. My mentor helped me streamline my business, bring in operations, taught me how to hire, um, taught me how to, you know, have proper compliance in my business. Um, so mentorship, girl, like I said, that was the first time that I had paid, um, you know, that much money to anything other than college. But the goal is to help you have a seven figure business. So for me, it was like, okay, this is a no brainer. And that's funny because nobody bats an eye if you talk about spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to go to college and they're never talking about seven figures there's no course in yeah. college that's saying here's how you make six figures a year or this is how you scale to this or that like it's it's for you to get it you don't you're paying a hundred thousand dollars to maybe make 50. But then when right and the thing is is there isn't even a course on how you get a job if you want to go learn how to interview and get your you know get your resume done you got to seek that information out you know and I, I you know because I was working at Merrill Lynch already I really wasn't trying to get a job through school um, a lot of you know a lot of my classmates they were so I went to Rutgers for um, and I got my degree in finance and a lot of my classmates at the time, you know, they were like really applauding me for having my own tax business and for working at Merrill Lynch. So it's like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm living a dream, right? I want to work in finance. I'm working in finance on Wall Street. And um, I thought that I was living the dream. But like I said, I eventually just got to the point where I was just like super burned out and the money just wasn't worth the amount of my life I had to give up for it. So I had to find a way to you know, really grow at a pace that was comf not comfortable for me, but that was ideal. You know, I'm at a point now in my life, I'm 35. And I, I would say it started about five years ago when I was 30, right? I'm a mom, wife. So I just have other obligations and, you know, things that are more important to me now. Um, so now anything that I do has to fit my lifestyle first. Anything that I start to do, I think about, can this fit into my lifestyle, right? 
um, that that's really important to me right now where I'm at in life. You said a few things that I want to unpack. First of all, I do want to go, just go back to the mentorship just because, yeah, when we, when a lot of us first started our businesses, there weren't all these mentors and coaching programs. And now a lot of people are tending to say like, oh, that's a scam. Oh, you should do it for free. Or, oh, if you were doing so well. Right. I know. Girl, you want to talk about free? <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you how people treated me when I was looking for a free mentor, right? Well, first of all, you know, I, I grew up in like Delta gyms. I grew up doing customer, not customer service, uh, community service in like my uh, organ, like organizations as a teen. Right. So um, I learned through that and having adults kind of mentor us. Right. They were just like the leaders of like, let's just say if it was Girl Scouts or something or I was in Delta gyms, I was this debutante. Right. So I learned a lot from those programs because the adults there would say things like, well, if you want a mentor, what are you going to bring, right? You can't just come and ask, 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 right? The best way to, to get a mentor is to go and offer how you can help them, right? So if, if you have a mentor and you see some way that they're lacking, and this is the same, you know, same thing I did in my jobs as well. If I see an area where you're lacking, I'm going to offer some level of support where we can tighten up a little bit so that you can do a little better. Now, corporate America loves that. They take well to that. Black people, they look at that like you're trying to be grown, you young, you don't know what you're talking about. So I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not speaking of anyone in particular in my life that has, you know, has done that to me. But it has happened time after time again where they're like, girl, you young, you don't know what you're talking about. OK, fine. <laughs> you know, well, I'm going to go and find somebody else that appreciates my input. And now, you know, to be quite honest, I've, I've surpassed a lot of the people when I was younger. And started my business, I surpassed them in knowledge. I surpassed them in marketing, in my business size, in, you know, in my future growth, right? I just have more opportunity because I'm younger. But I think you had asked me, um, you know, how did I learn? Like, literally, most businesses, you learn while you're on a job. It's just like working, you know? you It's on-the-job training. So when it comes to taxes, the way that you learn is by having customers that have certain issues, right? Now it's my job to go dig into the IRS uh, publications, talk to my accounting friends and and learn, right? So those uh, difficult situations and clients that I had, I loved them because it gave me the opportunity to dig into the space and learn. And then I'm just a nerd. So I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, and like once I started to figure out that there were loopholes and stuff, I'm like, Ooh, what else? What else can I do? What else? You know, what What else? What's next? Yeah, that's uh, that's so funny because it's kind of it kind of mirrors my own path because I deal in homeowners claims. But, yeah, there's a lot of loopholes. And just like you said, your your loopholes are found in the IRS tax code. Mine are found in the actual insurance policy. So I'm always trying to get my hands on people's insurance policies. Listen, people say that people say that things are black and white, but the great thing about black and white is with that when they mix, there's gray in between, yeah. right? So the gray is where you get these IRS loopholes and where you get to poke holes in someone's policy and find opportunity, right? The gray is where you find opportunity, literally. And how that works in the tax space is 
um, you look at old tax cases, right? So like cases that have been in front of a court and they say, well, no, you, you cannot claim this. You should not have done this. This is, this is not written in the black and white. And then the other side proves, okay, well, it's not written in black and white, but it's not excluded. Right. And then if the courts side with you, this is now a legal loophole that has been, you know, it's been through the legal system that says this, if done in this way, will stand as a legal tax loophole. So, you know, some of that stuff, you gotta, you gotta dig, you know what I'm saying? You have to dig to learn. Um, because honestly, even once I got my mentor in the tax space, he teaches you some tax planning stuff, but his his mentorship was really more about the business you know we go to school we get these degrees we get these licenses and stuff and we can now you can go out and sell now you can go and be a tax person but you don't know how to be a business owner you know you don't know how to get clients you don't know how to create operations you don't know how you know so his 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 whole um program was more more so about marketing and business operations than actual taxes for real and that Will, so thank you is not having operations and i know you know i'm very very confident at what i do but when i went off on my own and it's like oh wait now you got like i was constantly forgetting to pay myself i was like so many things could slip through the cracks if you don't have proper operations so even just getting that as a mentor with insurance oh yeah i'm sure with insurance there's so much back and forth yeah, like I always take care of my clients, but I will find like, oh, wait, why don't I have money? Like, oh, because all the money is sitting in the payroll account. I forgot to pay myself. So because I <laughs> just knowing a trade is not knowing how to run a business. That's its own Absolutely. thing. And then if you don't know how to run a business, it's very difficult to scale a business. Because it's one thing when you're Absolutely. everything on your head, but when you're bringing people in and they're like, well, what do I do? And you're getting frustrated. It's like, well, why don't you know what to do? It's like, because you don't have your operations. You don't have your standard operating procedures. So even just getting a mentor. Yes. Where they're teaching you that stuff. Yeah. Very, very valuable. And yes, girl. Yeah, but that that's literally also um, why I started to mentor, right? Because... What I found was, you know, yeah, I had, so I had invested heavily into myself as a mentor, but I also found that a lot of, you know, tax professionals, girl, even some CPAs, right? Like they just don't know, right? Even CPAs, right? So they, they've gone, they've gotten their CPA. And, you know, if a client asked me, are you a CPA? No, I'm not a CPA, but I have one on my team. I hire them, you know, because I don't need to be a CPA. Um, to know tax law, you can learn tax law because it's all public information out there, right? But um, it's all about who is more studious, right? So tax law was the one thing and then um, marketing and stuff like that, right? So a lot of CPAs are trained to go and work corporate finance, right? right? They're not trained to be out here working with entrepreneurs. They're not trained to run your books. All the stuff that comes with being a CPA is is skills that you learn after the fact. So um, I found myself mentoring, um, you know, tax professionals, EA, CPAs on all the different things that I was learning when it came to operations and marketing. Um, so I do have a course 
that, you know, people can take if they want to learn how to become a tax professional. It goes through operations. It goes through marketing, branding. Like it goes through all of the business stuff that you need. Plus, you know, the part where you get your trade and can actually legally uh, do taxes with the IRS. Um, but my main focus is, you know, like I said, what I what I what I know now as a 15 year I guess you can call it 15 year entrepreneur. I don't count that as my whole time as being an entrepreneur because I didn't leave corporate until about um, 30. So, I, you know, I had, like I said, I had my six figure job and I had my six figure side hustle, but why leave my six figure job, you know, <laughs> when I can work. Um, but I just got to the point where, like I said, it was just so stressful. I had a couple hundred clients a year, didn't have much help. I had like, um, you know, I had like, People I would pay on 1099 contractors to come and help me during tax season, um, but just wasn't able to continuously provide the level of service that I wanted to to my clients. So I'm like, you know, I, had, I made a tough decision to leave my job, right? Because it's like on, on the job, I'm not going to make any more money. I'm stuck at six figures. What's the next level? Maybe 200,000, maybe 250,000. But do I see that for myself? Do I see a lot of people like me in that position? It just wasn't going to happen, right? So I, I bet on myself. Um, left corporate and, you know, totally just focus on my business. And what I learned very quickly is that I don't want to have to do work to make money. So I put my systems in place. I put the people in place so that I can now, I mean, and mind you, I've been doing taxes for 15 years. I don't want to do taxes anymore. If you've been doing something for 15 years, you ain't really going to want to do it. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like you, you gonna want to be on to the next, right? That's evolution. That's growth. So um, today, I help high achieving professionals and, and entrepreneurs become investors. Um, so I've learned that you know, instead of me working so hard, I want to have my my money working hard for me. So you know, through those years of me having my side bit, my side hustle, and my corporate career, I was able to leave my job with over six figures in the bank. So that gave me a really nice cushion to be able to not stress about making money um, and, you know, just have time to think. You know, I think that so many entrepreneurs leave their corporate job too soon where they can't even be creative and market properly. They can't step back and develop SOPs. Right. They don't even have the time or capacity to do that stuff. You're so, um, yeah, I really like that lesson because there is a popular you know, whatever going around that you should burn your boat really before you even get to any destination. Like, don't burn your boat while you're out to sea because then you're just floating around. Don't burn your boat while you're out to sea. Don't burn your boat while you're on the island. Because let me tell you something, you're going to see a bigger island over there. <laughs> There's going to be a bigger island over there. And you're going to be like, well, how do I get there? That island looks good. Right. What's going to happen when these resources on this island dries up and you done burnt the boat? You stuck. Absolutely. So, so I have found great pleasure in um bad thing. Right. I, I, I found really great pleasure in pivoting a little bit and becoming an investor. So now um as I said, I've been investing since I was nineteen in the stock market. Um so I, I now I help people invest in the stock market, real estate, and businesses. Um so literally my first year out of corporate I um I had invested in a couple businesses I invested in an all state insurance agency I think I told you uh we recently sold that agency um you know so I was able to make some money uh throughout the time and then get my initial investment back when we sold the business so that was cool but you know I'm just at the point now where I need my money to work harder than I do I love that I love that. quality of life is important 
It is. <laughs> it is. And making a lot of money, but having no time is its own like bondage where it's like you got all this oh. you can see it but you can't do anything with it or other people are getting to enjoy it because they have time freedom but you're, you're you know some of us become shackled to our business so i really love that Ooh. you have a mentorship because people's systems because it is not intuitive and that's i i struggled where it's like oh i'm making money but then you're actually capping yourself because you only have so much time. You only have so much capacity. And then you're going to get to the point where you hate your phone. You Absolutely. Your in my business, like I said, in my business, I literally came to a crossroads, right? I'm like, okay, if I make $100,000, $200,000, how do I make $300,000? How do I make $500,000? And it was like, okay, well, you got to double your clients. All right. Well, I doubled my clients. So now I got to spend money on marketing. Got to hire more of a team. Get the systems in place have levels of overriding and compliance, or I can charge more money, right? Right. Keep my same clients and charge more money. Uh, I decided on the latter, right? So I decided in my tax business that I wanted to provide more value to my clients um, and helping them do things like tax planning, wealth management, like I said, investing, um, actually books, right? Helping you do your actual books. Um, and that was my decision. My decision was, you know, I went through a process of taking my 200 plus clients and rinsing them. Right. And what that means is that I literally start doubling my price. I told you at one point my clientele was doubling every year. In the last five years, I've been doubling my price. So what y'all think that that was doing? What do you think that was doing to my client base? It was shrinking my client base. But here's the thing. If you have 100 customers paying you $100, then you make, what, $10,000. If you have 100 customers paying you $1,000, then you have $100,000. So that concept made a whole lot more sense to me than to go out and find more customers. Exactly. And then I like how you said that you started kind of offering other services. So you were going vertical and horizontal and, you know, a big lesson. Yeah. We're always reminded yesterday's price is not today's price. So the more I know, the better I get, the more streamlined I get, the more I'm going to charge because I'm not the same person when right. I'm charging $500 to do tax returns in my car. I don't know the same things. I know more. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. I saw a post going around years ago that said, um, what takes me five minutes to do took me 15 years to learn. Exactly. The price is the price. Right. And that's what <laughs> because I don't know if anyone's ever been audited or, you know, any of these uh, penalties that kick in because you didn't know or you paid someone who didn't know, you know, as Wesley Snipes, yeah. someone who didn't know. And what did he have to pay? Listen, to pay oh my God. His time and his money. Right. <laughs> Girl, I will say my, you know, I find great pleasure in helping entrepreneurs when it comes to the tax business side, right? So if people want to uh, work with me or my team when it comes to taxes, um, I own a wealth management firm now called Opulence Financial Group. And what we do and what I really love to do is educate entrepreneurs in actual accounting, right? I don't need you to become an accountant, right. but I need you to be able to have um, 
you know, have a, a decent conversation with your accountant. You're literally providing, you know, they have all of your person, all of your financial information and they're providing you reports every single month. Um, not even just your accountant, right? I just, I, I, I call it financial, um, Oh goodness. What is it called? Financial intelligence, right? So it's our financial intelligence program where, you know, we just help you become more intelligent when you want to have conversations about your finances, whether it be with your accountant, your financial advisor, your investment advisor, your lawyer, right? All these people you need to number one, be, you know, not feel, you know, you, you need to feel like you're adequate enough to have those conversations. A lot of people think like, Oh, I'm gonna just let them handle it because they're the professional, but then that leaves no room for you to learn, you know? So I like to teach my clients how you have those impactful conversations. Um, because just like you said with Wesley Snipes, I mean, we've all watched, uh, Steve Harvey on Earn Your Leisure talk about, you know, his, um, his fight when it came to accounting, uh, to, to the IRS, right. uh, Steve Harvey, even, uh, not, not Steve Harvey, Tyler Perry, Tyler Perry said that. He had an audit from the IRS and they were just on his ill, on his heels, on his heels. Girl, they ended up owing him $600,000. And meanwhile, he's been paying his accountants and his team all this money to fight the case with the IRS. But the IRS found out that they owed him $600,000. So that means that he was not having the proper conversation, right? Because if he was educated enough to understand what his craft allowed him to deduct, then he could say, are y'all, y'all making sure y'all doing that cost segregation study? Are y'all making, you know what I'm saying? Like he did not have the proper, you could, but he did not realize that he didn't realize that you're, he didn't realize he had a team, but it wasn't the right team. It wasn't the team that was specialized in that industry, you know, and how much you make, it's how much you keep. So, thousand dollars is not a little chunk of change. Girl, know? that's a couple salaries he could have paid. Six hundred thousand. And girl, you know that you know they ain't giving you no interest. Shit, if you if you owe them, you gonna have to pay interest, but they ain't gonna give you that interest back. Right. <laughs> oh, we all know how the IRS has some double standards in how they want their money. But yeah, you need to yes. be knowledgeable. So I think that that is very interesting that's not yes i actually every entrepreneur needs to go through um i know i need to so this is this is the thing i had a class this week and i was just like you know this is it like this is the class that i need to teach and that i need to push was working with entrepreneur and we were literally setting up her book so i was like you can pay me to manage your books every month you don't know what's going on or you can pay me and I will teach you to manage your own books, right. right? And then that way you can at least have a foundation. And if you later on want to put it off on a team, at least you know how to be like, wait a minute, this don't look right. You know, at least you know how to look at your books and understand what's going on because um, these very rich people that we mentioned, they, they thought they were doing the right thing by paying the people. Um, but at the end of the day, your tax liability only falls on you. It doesn't fall on your employees. It doesn't and fall on your accountant. Many, so, many, like if you watch American Greed, you'll realize it's very easy to rob some of these celebrities. Like there were very many stories where 
you know, you're entrusting people to pay your bills or to manage your finances and you have no idea that they're just robbing you blind the whole time. So, you know, if you're going to be an unfortunately, that is the yeah, unfortunately, that is a sad truth. Um, you know, so working with an accountant can look for anywhere from like, you know, them just doing your taxes to them doing your taxes and tax planning to them managing your books to them paying all of your bills. Right. Um, you know, there are some clients out there like busy lawyers, accountants, busy entrepreneurs. They own real estate. They own other businesses. They don't have the time to cut checks for property taxes twice a year or every quarter. Right. So they need somebody to manage that for them. So, you know, when it comes to this space as a profession, there's a lot of opportunity out there uh, for people to get in, learn the business, implement some systems and make some good money and make a good living. Uh, but more importantly, I think the opportunity is for black entrepreneurs to learn at least the vernacular and the basics of accounting so that when they get to their millions, um, they're not losing out by either overpaying or underpaying and then, you know, being at the arms of the IRS. Yeah, I really uh, love that there's those two sides. You could treat this as a six-figure side hustle and really uh, make a really good income. But if you are choosing to go in the direction of another six-figure side hustle, we all have to know the language of money because we're all trying to make money. And what's the point of working hard and honing a craft and achieving it for the IRS to come steal it away or for some shady accountant to come steal it away? You need to, to know what you're looking at to know if someone is, you know, like we said, they just might not be on your level. They might not be your... Um, your financial advisor because they don't specialize in what you specialize in and you're paying more than you should. But more importantly, you need to know when you're being robbed because very smart and very successful <laughs> people have given very nice lifestyles to a lot of people that they trusted. Um, and they, you know, they weren't verifying. So we all need to make sure that we have that level of education. So, um, you know, when you have yeah. your next course or your next class, we all need to be students of that. That's something we all. Oh, listen, let me tell you. So every every month I offer a free class every month. We actually have um, our class coming up on Wednesday. So once a month, um, typically on Wednesday, I do a free class where we dive into all this stuff. So you can head to moneymaven.club and register. And when we have our free uh, our free class, you'll receive um You'll receive a text message and an email that invites you to the class. So it's totally free. That way, you know, people can get to learn a little bit more um, about me and what we do. Um, but yes, you can tap into the free class, moneymaven.club. So make sure you write that down or, you know, go and register right now, moneymaven.club. Um, you can't afford to miss this. And she's not charging. So that's um, that's amazing for all entrepreneurs. We this. We all need to know this. Like, don't make another dollar if right. you understand um, this language of money. Because it just doesn't make sense right. to make it and lose it. You know, you might as well just... She said, don't make another dollar. I love that. <laughs> don't make another dollar until you have learned this language, honey. Absolutely. absolutely. Because we need to be 
educated. We can't just go along yeah. and think everything will fall into place when we get more money. Like, what if they said more money, more problems? And that usually comes from lack of education. That's literally what people think, though. People people will literally say, oh, I'll do that. You know, I don't need that right now. Well, you, you can't afford to not have this right now yeah. because you're overpaying in taxes or you're under you're, you're underreporting income, you know, or you're underreporting your, your deductions, right? So like I tell people all the time, sometimes it don't make sense for you to hire me to work with me, but maybe you're in, you know, maybe you can fit into my group coaching where we can work together with the other group of entrepreneurs and you can learn, right? Because here's the thing, if I can't, if I can't save you at least the amount of money that I have to charge you for my time and my 15 years of experience, then it doesn't make sense for us to work together. So what that looks like is typically I'll work with a client. Let's say that they're, they're used to paying like $25,000 a year in taxes, right? If I can't, right, let's just say a tax plan is going to cost you $5,000. Um, if I can't save you at least $5,000 in taxes, right? So that means next year, you're going to just pay $20 to the IRS. You can pay $5,000 to me, right? But that means that every single year going forward, you also save that $5,000. So you pay me $5,000 one time and you get a $5,000 tax deduction from here on out. You know, so I'm really at the short end of that stick because I'm giving you the infinite value up front. Um, but that's what I mean when I say, like, if I can't save you at least the amount of money it's going to cost us to work together, then we need to figure out a different way, you know, that I can help educate you to do this for yourself. Right. So the question is not what does it cost? The question is, what does it cost you by not doing it? What does it cost you by not having a money maven on your team looking over your shoulder and educating <laughs> you? And, you know, I think 5000 is very reasonable, you know, if you're saving yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I mean, I, I have we, we we can work together anywhere from a thousand dollars to sixty thousand dollars. It just depends on the business. Um, but like I said, typically the goal is to say help you save money. If 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 your fee to work with my company is sixty thousand for the year, we are at least right. So my I like to stay in a forty percent ratio, right? So if I um if I can save you a hundred thousand dollars a year, then my fee is going to be forty thousand dollars. And is that forty? But if I'm telling you, is tax deductible? Because you're a of course. Okay. <laughs> That's of course, I mean. every expense is, is tax deductible, but so it's a tax deductible expense and you're saving a hundred thousand, you know, so you've got, you've got million dollar businesses out here that, you know, might owe a hundred thousand dollars in taxes, right? If I can help you get, uh, or they may owe a couple hundred thousand dollars in taxes. If I can help you go from paying two fifty a year to 150 a year. Does it make sense for you to pay me 40000 to do it? Absolutely. Because guess what? You're saving $100,000 this year every single year going forward, right? So that's the opportunity for people that want to get in the business and make money, right? You can earn anywhere from, you know, I mean, I tell my, my um, even if you're just starting at least $500, but I don't do any taxes for under $1,000, um, but you can make anywhere from $1,000 to $60,000 on one client. Yeah, the, that's some amazing math. That that math maths. So y'all need the math is math. <laughs> All right. With that, we're gonna get into the rainmaker round, and I'm excited for this. 
Let's do it. What book are you reading? Oh, um, $100 million offers by Hermosey. Rereading that book. Um, I mean, I've just, I've been in his Instagram. I'm like in the trans of Hermosey right now. <laughs> it's just so good. Is He's amazing. Yeah, I love that book. I do got to reread it. He, oh my gosh. And I like, I don't know how you get that good. Yeah, for being so young, but even one tip, and this isn't related to money, this is actually related to how we consume information he gives in the book. He says, read it while you listen to it. So whenever you... And guess what I do. <laughs> guess what I do. I, I read it while I'm listening. Listen, I'm the money girl. I never claim to be the best reader. <laughs> So I definitely listen and honestly I love it. So I used to listen to audiobooks. Um but if there is a huge difference consuming the information, reading it and listening to the audiobooks like that is a huge hack. It, it's a huge retention hack for me. Yes. So I, I do love that book, everyone. $100 million offers by Alex Hermosi. He gives so much game. He gives a lot of free resources. Yes. Yeah. So it, it's, it's essentially a marketing book, you know, that helps you um, helps you create irresistible offers pretty much. Um, you know, like I said, if I'm helping you save $100 a year, will you pay me 40000 Yeah. Right. You got to make it irresistible. And he teaches you how he did it time and time again. It's super dope. Great. So if someone is wanting to become a six or seven figure tax specialist, uh, is there a book you can recommend for them to get started that you would point them in that direction? Hmm. A book. Let's see. I don't I don't think there's a book, you know. What I will tell you if you want to become a tax professional is to, I mean, in this day and age, you can get a mentor, right? So whether that means purchasing a book, whether that means going on YouTube University to get started, right? Wherever you are, but you can literally start a tax business for $500. Like I said, it might cost you 50 bucks to get registered with the IRS. You can get you some tax software where you pay as you go, um, so you can pay like $30 to file each tax return, or you can just buy it unlimited that it's going to cost you a couple thousand, but you can literally start a tax business with a couple hundred dollars. Um, I would definitely advise you to get a mentor, whether they're working with you directly or you're watching the, you know, their information that they, they can provide for you. Um, what is your favorite quote? Hmm. My favorite quote. Done is better than perfect. Oh, wow. Um, I have waited on so many things, and I'm sure you have too. I know with your podcast, you just launched. Congratulations, and thank you for having me on here. It's been a great time. Um, but so often, you know, we try to perfect things, and we try to learn everything that we can learn. And the truth is, is that you're never going to know everything until you get into it. So that's the same thing like with starting the business. You just got to do it, right? Like you started this podcast. We had an off, off scenes conversation. You just realize all the pieces that comes along with that. Um, so done is better than perfect. And uh, give yourself grace, you know, give yourself grace and time to grow and learn. And, you know, don't be so hard on yourself um, if, you, if you fail. And if, if you're not failing, 
you're not trying, you're not doing enough, right? Because never, nothing, not everything is going to work out. And, you know, I think so many people are scared to try things because number one, they don't want to be beginners. And number two, they don't want to fail. But if you're not failing, you're failing. I, I love that. Um, and I'm going to let everyone in on a little secret. It's so funny. So I did just launch my podcast and in every episode, I am doing um, some extra sauce for my Rainmakers Alliance. We're at about episode 14. And the funny thing is the membership hasn't launched. That site is not done yet. So I have to just do it as if it's launched, but it's still not because the podcast was ready before the membership. It's just how it works out. They both started at the same time. So every single week. Done is better than perfect. Done is better than perfect. And it will launch. You guys will get access to that at some point. But for the first 10, 15 episodes, people are like, well, where is this one? There's no link. Because <laughs> Listen, our mentor, our mentor, Neo, our mentor, shout out to King Neo, Nehemiah Davis. I'm sure y'all know and love him just as much as we do. Um, he says, commit first and figure out the rest later. So what are we doing, y'all? We running the play. We're running the play. <laughs> this is the podcast play. I will have a strong mentorship alliance community. Um, but it's not done yet, but I'm still acting as if <laughs> I'm still going to get these. You are, you are, you are, you are walking, you are walking in the fruition. Uh. <laughs> and they're like, well, where is this link? That's why there's no link because done is better than perfect. And, um, I'm just going to play it out as if it's. And the link is coming and she has the content. She's recording the content. But sometimes we got to give ourselves grace, you know, because she she could have stopped the episode four and was like, oh, my gosh, I got to get this mentorship done. And girl, I'm in the same place right now with my magazine. I've had to hire a new set of designers because my first designer girl just had an attitude and skated. So I had to hire a new set of designers. And I've got people that paid me money to sponsor and advertise and all these things. And I'm just. You know, it gets very overwhelming sometimes, especially when you do commit first because uh, people support, you know, and people want to support, especially when you're putting out great work. And, um, you know, I just have to give myself grace and, you know, let people know at the end of the day, we have to all give each other grace. Right. Um, I don't know if your audience is mostly, you know, millennials, black millennials, like we are black and brown, but, you know, white people have hundreds of years of uh, systems in place that give them a head start that we don't have. Like I'm literally the number one in my family. I am the start. I am the head and not the tail. So, you know, you talking about systems, I'm trying to create systems for my seven-year-old and my one-year-old to come behind me and continue the things that I'm working on now um, while still being able to create, produce, and um serve my clients so give yourself grace done is better than perfect get everything together don't be out there on the gram talking smack about people because we're all out here trying our best and it might be you who one day needs that extra little breath to get yourself together so yeah and honestly those the ones that talk the most they're the ones that never get nothing started never get nothing done don't let that be you. Y'all tap in today, Money Maven Club. Get your inspiration. 
get your uh you know get your inspiration and information on wealth building baby well yeah that leads into the next one how can the audience get more info i know you already dropped the link for your free class but what you know how can they follow you how could they work with you if someone absolutely want the free information they're ready to just commit and get a mentor how, you know, where do they go to get mentored by you? Yeah. So first of all, I will say you can find me on um, Instagram. I'm on Instagram, mostly money Maven club. There are a lot of fake pages out there. So be careful. I think I have like 28,000 followers at this point. Um, so money Maven club on Instagram. Um, there's always going to be a link in my bio in that link. You can set up a free call. That's a one-on-one -on -one where we get to talk about your business. I give you some strategy. Um, and I see if there's a way that I can help you in your business, right? I'll, I'll give you my offers or you can just tune into the free call money maven dot club. Um, come and network, come and meet some, you know, other like-minded people. But also I need y'all to subscribe to my podcast, black wealth weekly, um, so y'all can follow us on Instagram as well. Uh, so I just launched a new podcast and magazine, y'all. Um, I would love for this to be the next Black enterprise where, you know, we um, are creating content to inspire the next generation of wealth builders, right? Like I said, we didn't have mentorship 15 years ago when I was first starting entrepreneurship, but my son, he has no, he has no excuse, right? He has no excuse. I'm putting him around my mentors. I'm putting him around my friends, my colleagues, my peers, and you have no excuse. Um, so I, I have a lot of my peers um, pulling up on me here in Atlanta. Uh, we put together some super dope content for you on how you can build wealth in your way for your family. Wealth looks different for everybody. So I have people talking about restaurants, real estate. Um, I, I interviewed a guy who does notary, right? So like there are so many different industries that you can build wealth for yourself and your family. So y'all make sure y'all tap into blackwealthweekly.com um, because that's where we'll be sharing those stories and you can follow us on Instagram as well. Yeah, make sure you really tune in. Um, you know, doing a podcast is such a commitment, but it is such a hack because you are getting an insight into people's lives that took them decades to build. You don't have to read the book. Um, you just get all this game and sometimes it will let you know like, oh yeah, I do want to pursue this path or sometimes it might let you know this might be a little bit more work than I, I <laughs> um, but yeah, we want, yes, we want to king. give support to um, content creators of color, um, you know, so make sure that you lock in like subscribe don't be a little shadow lurker you know make sure you subscribe it matters <laughs> It matters, y'all. I literally, I think yes, as of yesterday, I had 30 subscribers. We are a brand new baby channel. But when I tell you we're going to be the next big wealth building platform for black entrepreneurs and high performing professionals. I have no doubt. Y'all just, just look for it. Black Wealth Weekly. All right. With that, Money Maven, thank you so much for coming and sharing. Um, you know, if you're in the Raymakers Alliance. <laughs> You're going to get that extra sauce, so make sure you go onto the website. Um, if not, make sure you join because it's definitely where it's going on. Thank you so much, Money Maven. Time to make it rain, honey. Thanks so much, Queen. I appreciate you. This has been an Alive Podcast production.